Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. You know, and having perspective on suffering and things like that is really, really is a benefit. So if I was out there and I was thinking, oh, man, this is this is rough for some reason. I could just think back to things that my grandparents endured or things that my even my own dad went through or any any other point in history where people went through so much worse. And I could then turn that that fear and that being upset into gratitude and be like, wow, what a what a cool experience I'm having. It's intercepted, picked up by Alex Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. My guest this week on The Shark Effect is Jordan Jonas. And so Jordan was on the History Channels alone. So the show is called Alone. And there's multiple seasons. I think they just finished up with season seven. Well, we end up watching season six. And me and my family, we end up kind of running into the show on Netflix. Uh, my father-in-law actually told me about it. And we end up watching it as a family. And what the show is about, if you don't know, you got to check it out if you haven't. But they put 10 people in different remote places. And whoever survives the longest is the winner. And they win half a million dollars. And my guest this week, Jordan, he did it. He was the he was the last one uh, in season six, and they was near the Arctic Circle, and so it was tremendous environments. It was crazy, but <laughs> he has such a phenomenal attitude, and he just sh- showed 
grit, toughness, character, but he did it with a smile on his face. Like there was no poor me. There was there was none of that. And so I, you know, I'm super excited for you guys to listen to our conversation. Um, he's a survivalist at the fullest. Uh, everything he does, like his story is phenomenal. And you guys are going to learn some things um, and you're going to be inspired. Trust me. So tune in. I uh, hope you got a, a notepad. Take some notes. And, you know, because this is a good one. All right. All right. Buckle in. Here we go. Jordan, my man, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. I'm all right. I'm all right, man. Hey, Jordan, thank you so much for being a guest on the on the Shark Effect. Um, I'm excited, you know, to interview you. Uh, it, it it seems like I've known you. I've I've known you for a while because, <laughs> of course, I've been watching you. Me and our me and my family, we've been watching you on the show alone. And so, for for some of my listeners. Can you just tell a little bit about, tell us a little bit about the show? And um, because I, man, I found out about this show from my, from my father-in-law. And so uh -huh. I, I've watched Naked and Afraid, Survivor, right? Survivor to me is like, is like rated G, right? And then, I, then Naked and Afraid, that's like PG-13, but then alone which is on is it the history channel yeah and on netflix at the moment yeah 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 netflix that's like rated r and so <laughs> i just want to you know uh my guest jordan jonas was the winner or is the, yeah was the winner of season six and so i'm just gonna leave it there i'm gonna let you tell a little bit about that can you tell us first you know before we go into that jordan can you tell me or me and my listeners a little bit about your 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 background yeah so uh i appreciate the good word i'm glad you guys enjoyed watching that. absolutely i grew up on a farm in idaho so you know just up there most of my childhood uh when i was a teenager probably 18 19 you know i'd just been working a job at a salad dressing factory and at a concrete plant and then uh my brother had been out traveling around the u.s on freight trains for some years and uh one one summer he came back and he invited me to join uh, join with him so i <laughs> i quit my job and jumped on freight train and rode across the country with him had a whole bunch of interesting experiences you know doing that uh, it was hold on a uh, freight train yeah hoboing it up yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay okay <laughs> But it was cool for a young dude because it it kind of gave me a, a a taste of freedom and got me out of the uh, you know typical box that I you know I, I was planning on doing the the usual that everybody does, which is fine. But but it opened up some new avenues for me, and it also just yeah it, it gave me an interesting. It was a good coming of age experience for me, I guess, because it gave me a a taste of, of freedom that I then was not so quick to give up by just going back to the grind. So I kind of, I, uh, I was in, uh, living in Virginia is where we'd kind of ended up because that was where some good temporary work was. So we'd stop here and there and do work and, uh, ended up in Virginia. And while I was there to make a real long story short, I had the uh, opportunity to go to Russia and, uh, 
and there was a missionary building orphanages and stuff and I heard about him and thought hey that you know that'd be the good thing to do go over and help him so that's what I did and I went in over to Russia Russia. hold on Russia that's like right. the the old USSR Soviet Union yeah <laughs> so, okay but Russia okay I want to make sure there's no other Russians okay one and only and it was uh uh yeah it was out it just so happened the guy that I was connected to that I went to go visit was uh in Siberia you know so far out in the middle of nowhere Russia he lived in a little village and I went and joined him there and he uh he was actually an American guy so he he uh I wanted to live in Russian so I could learn the language and uh, so he sent me to a different village and I spent you know most of my first year bouncing between helping my you know the American guy and living with the Russian family in a Russian village and just went over there for a year and, and learned the language and did what I could do to help out and learn what I could learn and and while I was there in that you know that was my first visit while I was there I made a lot of cool connections one of them being uh, the family I lived with the man of the house had been in prison with a with a native reindeer herding nomadic uh guy and he used to always tell me about him and right at the end of my first year over there I met that guy and he invited me to come live with him and see the ways of the northern native uh and so I came back to America earned a little more money doing some work and went back to Russia and uh and went uh, back to Russia. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, all in all, I spent about five years there. Uh, and if, and several of those were with those, what ended up being like native nomadic reindeer herders. They live in teepees in the northern Siberia, travel around. It, it was a fascinating experience. And I, I didn't, I can't say I even knew people like that existed until I basically met them. So it was really, really cool for me. That is so cool. I've never met anybody who's spent time in Russia. I've oh never, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's such a, it's something so few Americans know about, but it's such a large and diverse country as far as it has a lot of different cultures, a lot of different interesting people doing, you know, things that you wouldn't you wouldn't see in america so you know there's the whether it be native reindeer herders or like nomadic horse people or you know you got all kinds of just interesting cultures still there so it's a fascinating country and the russian culture in and of itself is really neat you know pretty brilliant people and a pretty cool a cool people to get to know you know Uh, yeah yeah stop stop (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah that is so cool okay so man lived in lived in russia off and on for about five years and yeah so i'm assuming off and on for about 10 years and it you know ended oh. up about five years so gotcha gotcha that's so cool man for you to go over there and you was helping build did you say orphanages I was helping a missionary guy that was over there, and he just did a lot of really cool things. Not only building an orphanage, but then he went on to like try to build sustainable farms that other people could model, and you know, try to revitalize some of the village life in Russia that has taken a hit over the years, whether it be from collective farming or whatever. You know, like practices that kind of took it out of the Russian 
peasant, if you will. <laughs> you know, like, gotcha. And, and revitalize some of that village life. So he's doing some cool things over there. And, and yeah. All right, all right. This week's show is, is brought to you by the High Achievers Academy. The High Achievers Academy, I created it for former elite level and pro level athletes and coaches who are having a tough time transitioning. So what this will do, it will help bring out your superpowers. It'll help you actually align your purpose and your passion. So I do it through these modules. There's five different modules and it'll be covering in six weeks where we'll really lay the framework and talk about leadership and how to lead yourself first. Um, and then we, we talk about how to tell your story and how important that is. And then developing and leveraging your brand and then creating relationship roadmaps. So this is something that I created. It's something I wish I would have had, honestly, when I finished playing and I was, I was lost. Um, but it was, I had myself and others in mind when I created this course. So take a look at it. Check it out. You can find it on my website, alexmolden.com, and just click on the Higher Achievers Academy, and it gives you more information there. Okay? All right, back to the show. Tell me a little bit about the show. So after, so there's this show alone, and I didn't know about it either until I had a buddy, you know, told me about it. And, then, and it, when he told me about it, there had been a couple seasons that come out on alone, and I watched them. And, you know, some, a lot of people watch it and think, oh, I can do that. You know, and I, so I watch it and I thought, that's right up my alley. So I sent him a link to my, I had some videos on YouTube of my time with the natives in Russia, you know, just low quality video I took while I was over there. And yeah. I back to the production crew and, and sure enough, a couple of years later, I forgot I ever sent him anything. It was like two years later out of the blue, they called me and said they wanted me on the show I was like oh man so I gotta go catch up and do my research finish and uh uh but it's a cool show it's basically they put you and 10 other people out in the wilderness you're all separate so you're not together they put you all out in the wilderness and there's no film crew so you just record all yourself and you've got a few basic tools 10 items to be exact and uh things like axe and uh you know fishing hooks and you know some basic things and it's whoever basically whoever lasts the longest wins <laughs> so, so and, you can, and, and you win what uh five hundred thousand dollars on my season so yeah <laughs> okay so does <laughs> what's that they doubled it the next season seven. <laughs> so you like, know what's oh. funny? <laughs> we just finished watching that last night. No joke. Yeah. But okay, so of those 10 things, does everybody get the same 10 or do you get to choose? And then can you tell me what you picked? Yeah, you all get a list and you all have to pick off of that list. So, but then you can, there's a little room there. So, like, you can pick an axe. But, of course, you then go buy whatever act you want. So everybody's got a little bit different gear. Uh, and and there's some things that some people take that other people don't. So somebody might take a fishing net. Somebody else might take a saw. Somebody might take an axe. You know, like, it, 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 there's probably a list of 50 or so items you can pick off of. And then 
uh, I took an axe, which is the number one tool in the forest. And then I took a saw and a Leatherman, like a multi-tool and a sleeping bag and a pot and a fire starting rod, like a sparking rod, ferro rod, Mm -hmm. uh, fish hooks, paracord, trapping wire, and a bow. Gotcha, and a bow. And so I'm just assuming, all right? I could be wrong, but you had experience and knowledge on all those tools, which I can only name maybe about three of them. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. They were all, all things I've used plenty before and uh and yeah a lot of most of what i was selecting my items for was for food provision things that could help me get food because i knew that that would be the make or break deal for me out there you know i I could be i'd be able to deal with the being alone and i could deal with the uh cold and anything else but uh food is of utmost concern (laughs) gotcha yeah that's something. So, man, after watching the first couple of episodes, um, you can see people started to, um, they weren't very comfortable with n- not just the, um, the environment, but, mm-hmm. but being alone. Yeah. You know what I'm like being alone for that long. Yeah. It was you can start you can start to see the people who are okay with that, and then yeah. the people who were missing home, missing their families, missing you know their way of life. Right. And so how did you kind of cope with that, the being alone part? Question. It, it's a it, it's and it's a multifaceted answer. I think I had been well prepared in life to 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 be alone because even though I'm a social person, I'm an ex- probably extroverted, enjoy people. I, uh, things like going to Russia, I didn't know the language when I went to Russia. So it was very isolating experience, even though there were other people around, it was a full year of me feeling, you know, I remember, I remember laying in bed in Russia, just thinking, Oh, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. You know, this is the worst. And then, uh, and then it, while I was over there, there were many times where I went on, you know, fur trapping little, trips and did things by myself here and there and you know was comfortable with it and also you gain a perspective when you do things like that and you realize hey I was just gone to Russia for a full year and I just came back and you know my family still loves me and people are still here it's like having strong relationships allowed me like in a situation like on a loan to trust in that you know you're going to be out there you're going to be gone but you'll get back and things will continue and it's okay. I have, you know, good relationships. And uh, honestly, it was interesting. I was, I was interested in how, how, uh, how little it affected me really. You know, it didn't, it didn't really bother me that much because, because you kind of know it's going to end at some point. And uh, yeah. there were, I did think if I was the last person on earth, I probably wouldn't bother you know it would be it would be terrible but because you know it's going to end and there's other your families out there uh it, it, it was okay I think I think you know and having perspective on suffering and things like that is really really is a benefit so if I was out there and I was thinking oh man this is this is rough for some reason 
I could just think back to things that my grandparents endured or things that my, even my own dad went through or any, any other point in history where people went through so much worse. And I could then turn that, that fear and that being upset into gratitude and be like, wow, what a, what a cool experience I'm having, or, you know, I want an opportunity, you know? Yeah, yeah. So having that perspective is really important. And I've always drawn a lot from, from history, my own family's history and also in general, you know? Yeah, so. See, I love that, that you thought outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. You thought, like you use history to kind of help you um, get through that. You use right. your own family's history. Yeah, perspective. Because a lot right. of people, when they're in situations, tough, tough situations, they just yeah. internalize everything. Right, you know, right. Looking through it from another lens. Right. And it seems like you not only did that, Jordan, but you did it with a, a um, it was just a mindset like, you were always, it looked like you was having a good time. And you was out there, how long were you out there for? Uh, 77 days. I, I got it, it, it almost ended too soon, I will say. I, 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 was, I was so excited. I couldn't believe it. You know, I had told myself I was going to win. I just thought, well, we'll see what happens. And I'm, but oh. I'm the show going on for months more than it did. So look at that. So hold on. So that's a key point. You didn't just have an endpoint. No, you was you thought like worst case. Look at that. He said six months instead of what, almost three. Right, right, right. Yeah, so it's a good it's a good thing to do to set your expectations. Expectations. You know, at at the right level, it's. it's psychologically really tough to expect the show to end, you know, tomorrow all the time. It's like, no, the suffering, if you know, if you want to put it that way, whatever you're mm-hmm. going, it might be a while, but, but you do have that hope and you, I, I always, I kind of considered it like a, a pessimistic optimism. Like I, I was always expecting the worst and then coming to terms with that, like, Hey, that's okay. I can deal with that. Even though it's going to, be real tough you know i'd like oh what's it gonna be like to be away from the kids for six months and not even talk to them you know and yeah and think but then you you put it in perspective like we're talking about and come to terms with it and then you're only pleasantly surprised and you can if you can find a positive mental space while expecting the worst in that way it's actually (laughs) been the only thing that's going to happen is a positive (laughs) look at that Look at that. Yeah, like I was saying, like your, your attitude was so positive in this show. And I don't know if you, you know, you know this, but man, you won over the hearts of so many people. And the, the cool thing is, is I look at that show and especially that season, season six, is the last two people, you and the young lady. I don't remember her name. Yeah, yeah. Y'all had the two like best I don't want to say personalities, but the best outlook on things. Like there wasn't one time that that it showed on the show that you were like, woe is me. This is terrible. I'm going to die. This Even when the Wolverine, I want to talk about this. <laughs> even when the Wolverine stole your food, right. <laughs> even, even then you still had like a, oh man, 
Dang it. <laughs> oh, said, man, that was a stupid move, Jordan. Man, wow. dang it. It was still like, I mean, you were such a likable dude because of your attitude. I want, I just want to kind of dive into that a little bit, man. It was, it was always positive. Was there a time when it wasn't so positive? There was. I, I actually want to say they almost showed all of those. You know, like they, 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 they I, uh, in general, I, it was a pretty positive experience. I had a lot of, you know, there were a lot of downtimes that get kind of boring. As much as you want to like stay active all the time, there's some times where you just don't have much to do and it can be a little boring. But mm -hmm. again, because what we were talked about earlier, I had set my expectations to be there so much longer that I hadn't yet allowed myself to get, I hadn't even thought about quitting yet because I hadn't even thought, you know, that, I mean, I didn't even expect the show to end. It's when I went on the show, I told myself, that doesn't even start until day 90. Like you basically go out there for 90 days and then you're going to start. And so I hadn't even really started in my mind yet. I th I still thought, so I hadn't of course allowed myself to think about quitting yet. Cause I was still, okay, we got to get to day 90 and then we're going to get going here. And then, uh, and it just never did. So. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying like, man, the, because can you tell my listeners, where were you? Where were you guys? In the Arctic, uh, so well, subarctic. It was the Northwest Territories. About, I think it was about, you know, just south of the tree line. So in, a little bit higher north than we would have been in the tundra. So, so way up in Canada. Northern Canada, yeah. Can I say Arctic Circle? Because I've been telling my kids that's where you guys were. Arctic Circle, but we were about. I think it was. I forget the exact number, but like something like 40 kilometers from where the tree line is. So the Arctic tree line where the, and sometimes, you know, depends on how you define the Arctic, but we were south of the Arctic circle, but darn close to the Arctic tree line. <laughs> how cold, how, okay. How cold did it get? Well, we didn't have a thermometer. And oh, that's, th oh yeah. You know what? I, I did. Or <laughs> they, they showed it, they showed it. And so we was like, oh my goodness, this is negative five down to negative 35 i think or was you know somewhere in that area I, I actually never did look it up but i think my brother told me that that because he was keeping you know he went back and looked at the at the uh temperature records and i think that's what what it got down to but yeah yeah but that was i've you know it's all perspective in russia we had been uh it got down to negative 50 and we were just living and that's celsius so that's like negative 57 and you know, out there we were just living in teepees and stuff. So I had see that's what I want to talk. See that's what I want to talk about. And, and number one, you already had the mindset, right, that you was going to be out there for like you said more than nine, six months, right? Yeah. And so now I look into my life, right? right, and I think my listeners can do the same in a tough, in a tough environment where I think one of my toughest environments was playing in the NFL. And during specifically during training camp, when yeah. you're away from your, when you're away from your family, uh, we're in the elements. It's, I guess it's the opposite where you were. It was hot in Thibodeau, Louisiana, where, when I was with the Saints, and you would be away from your family, and it's all football. And that four weeks seemed like four months, and it became monotonous. And yeah. so I know for me to help me get through that, but then also not just get through it, but get better is I had to folk, I had to bucket things. Like every day I needed to get better at one particular thing. Mm -hmm. And then 
And then if I did it during those two practices, then I would move on to another skill that I need to get better on. Yeah. Was, was there any time that, that, you know, like when you wake up and did you have like a list of things that you needed to do to yeah, help I, you be a higher performer? What was that last sentence? Oh, no, I'm saying like, was there certain things that you had to do um, to be a higher performer? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I kind of had a list of things uh, every day. You know, I would try to keep myself busy productively. So not just uh, twiddling my thumbs or, you know, like, but I try to do a productive project, something that might either get me some food or do something. Uh, as some of those options dwindled, then I spent more time also trying to like just figure out how to make it the most fun I could. So you could see on the show, they showed like some skits that I did, you know, like, you, I didn't know you was a model. I did not know you were a model. Oh, my I'm, kids love that. They love that. From Calvin Klein, but so far it's been but I did that a lot where I try to think of every day, you know, like, hey, what's something I could do that's kind of fun that would just, so I did a lot of those skits. They only showed a couple, but every day I'd try to come up with something creative to keep myself busy with. And then, uh, yeah, you just don't want to allow boredom to, to get you out there. That's a problem, you know? And so once yeah. you've got basic needs met, which is problem number one, then problem number two becomes finding your mental space. And, uh, and and what did you do to what did you do to to find your your mental space? Did you meditate? Did you go for walks? Or it was just conserving energy? I enjoyed anything that was productive. So like building a fishing net was slow, monotonous, but also kept me busy. Uh, I also like to think, you know, I would think about just like complex political issues and try to think of solutions that would like unify people, you know, <laughs> and things oh. like, and then. Uh, uh just so you try to think about deeper issues of course it, it was a really nice like prayerful time because i just felt like uh it's not like i was kneeling down and praying a lot but it was just like constantly there mm. like back of my head you know it was just like constant uh you know very prayerful very nice um and yeah and honestly i just said i don't know i, I enjoy those the plate, the setting, the north winters, you know, and, and just the activities that you do to try to stay alive from getting firewood to fishing to all that. It's it's real life, you know, and 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 it and it speaks to people really. So if you catch a fish out there, you'll get you'll get more excited than almost anything you can do. You know, I, I couldn't in modern life. Like I can't go out and think of a thing that I could purchase or do that would make me jump up and down because I was so excited. But out there, you know, you might catch a fish. And you're just like, yeah. <laughs> just won a Super Bowl. This is my It really speaks to you. And if you can tap into that, and you, you know, I found you can find your, you kind of put in that, that mindset. And I really enjoy it. I really like it. So that's, that's great, man. I want to talk to you a little bit about, so your experiences out in Russia, you know, traveling the, the country, first here on a train, and then right. spending time in Russia. I think, 
I know yeah. it prepped you for doing what you did. And I'm just curious to like, you know, cause I hear people talking about, especially in the sports world where, you know, certain people, they play up to their competition or they play down. And it seems uh -huh. like, like maybe it's just in that environment that you was in, your greatness came out or Mm -hmm. Is it, do you just live like that? So, so you practice that like every day, do you practice living like that? And, and, and when I say living like that, it's just like, um, I want to say surviving, but right. thriving, man. Like I said, you had such a good time in, in spite of those elements or did those elements bring that out in you? That's a good question. I, uh, I, it's gotta be a bit of both. Cause I, um, so there, you know, there's hard skills and there's soft skills. There's the, uh, starting the fire and the catching the fish and the building the shelter and, and there's that side of it. And I, and I don't do all that every day. Um, but I do it when I get a chance, you know, I'd go hunting every year, you know, I try to fill the meat with the freezer with meat and do things like that. But the, uh, but the soft skills, something you practice every day, the things like being adaptable and being resilient and being you know <laughs> uh trying to be creative and and all those types of things which apply to any situation so you know Absolutely. like you could be riding a freight train or you could be in the northwest territories by yourself or you could be in a russian city you know trying to navigate it or you could be in new york you know it's like it, 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 those skills apply everywhere so uh so those we, yeah, you know, you try to develop and work on constantly, I guess. Uh, I, I've, I've lost track of that second part of your question. I had. Oh, answer. we just talk about like that, that practicing that. Like, oh, do you... and, or was it the skills or was it the environment that brings it out? And so, there's, yeah. and that was interesting too, because that is also the case because uh, I had been back from Russia for like three years before I went on the show because we mm -hmm. had a base. You know, my wife had been with me in Siberia, but then we had a baby. So we came back to the States and we stayed here uh, and I'd been here three years. Then they put me on the show. And, and before going on the show, you know, you're just like, oh, you know, I haven't been in the Arctic in a while. Like, I, I don't like, even know what? what you haven't been yeah. in the Arctic in a while. Like, <laughs> like what in the world? <laughs> and then once I got back up there, it was like it was amazing because it, it just day one, it's like, oh, it just all flowed back to me like. I just left yesterday and I felt right at home and it's like you could really feel the creative juices flowing you could feel that you're really in your element and so uh, and even though it's a lot of novel problems because it's not like you normally put yourself out in the woods with no supplies and try to survive but you but it was like you said an environment that I was comfortable in and it and it helped bring out you know my that that, that creative side of me and the and yeah so it, it's a bit that. of both question, yeah but it, okay it, it was an environment that i enjoy and can thrive in you know so. gotcha uh so tell me about you having to kill a wolverine in <laughs> pitch black so i have a question <laughs> because it didn't seem like you were it didn't so I could be wrong, but it didn't seem like you were killing it, like you didn't have any type of emotion. It was just something that needed to be done. Oh uh, yeah. The Wolverine had 
really played out like that. So it was interesting with the moose, you know, like that's right, you killed a moose. <laughs> with the moose, you've done all the work to try to like set up a shot and to try to make it happen and do all this. And I got it, and it was just one of the most exhilarating days of my life, like up and down and up and down. Because of course you shoot it and then it runs away and then you can't find it. And then, you know, you're just like emotional roller coaster. But then when you find it, it's just the most exciting thing ever. But with the Wolverine. Now, hold on, hold on. How many hours did it take you once you shot it and you had to track it and follow it? And it was, how many three, hours hours? It was three very long hours because first off, I uh, shot it and then I was following the blood trail. I was like, oh, this is great. Okay, I'm going to let it go laying down and die and then I'll come find it. And then I went back to the blood trail after like, 45 minutes and picked it up and was following it and then it just dried up i couldn't find any blood i was like no <laughs> starting to get really worried yeah. and then you start to get stressed but then eventually i was able to find the moose and then but it wasn't dead yet and so i just had to sit there behind a you know a bush and watch as it you know you want it to calmly lay there you don't want to get up and chase it because it'll jump up and run off and you might never find it again so best gotcha. to just leave it calmly let it expire and so that's what i did but it would stand up and i would just like no 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 don't run away don't stay. and then it would lay back down and you're like yes oh. and then it would stand up again and you're like no no <laughs> and it was just such an emotional roller coaster oh then, wow good die it was just so exciting and then uh i mean it's just all that stress of i'm gonna starve i'm gonna starve and then you just finally slay Damn. that or whatever and then uh uh, but then the Wolverine was a little different because the Wolverine basically was trying to lay claim to that kill. And so he like just decided that was all his. And so it was like a clear choice that we was like, okay, it's either going to be you or me out here, buddy. And so we were, you know, going back and forth for, it, was, it lasted a couple of weeks where I was trying to come up with ways to trick them and, get them and get a shot on them you know you're not allowed to do certain you can't trap them so i couldn't bait traps and do things like that so you have to be more creative than that i've there were a lot of nights where you know i had to put a pile of meat in front of my shelter and bundle up as much as i could and just wait with a you know with my bow and arrow and hope he would show up but then he wouldn't and then you know so there's all these things going into it and i knew at some point it was going to go down and and the, the day before it did. I saw him behind a bush at night and I could have taken a shot at him, but I didn't want to shoot through the bush because it might deflect your arrow. So I was kind of waiting for him to come out and he never did. And he, and he vanished and I could never find him. So I was like, man, I should have shot. And then the next day I saw him, I heard my, I'd made some cans as like an alarm system. I heard the cans. And so I, I grabbed my camera and ran out there and kind of set it up roughly where it might come. And then I, uh, and I got ready. And then sure enough, he came scurrying down the hill. And then he ran behind these bushes again and stopped. But that night, I was like, I'm not letting him go. <laughs> you know, I just sent an arrow into the bushes. Of course, it deflected through the branches and stuck him through the back leg. Oh, I wow. just didn't even take any extra time to think. I just grabbed my axe and ran over there. And he was jumping around and snarling. And I swung and, and ended it pretty quickly. <laughs> swung a few times <laughs> yeah yeah oh my goodness there was a lot more thought there's a lot more like you know thinking about everything whereas with the with the wolverine the way it went down it was just it was just 
primal mode. You know, I did. <laughs> yeah, you, you had to flip the flip the switch. Yeah, exactly. And it was really it's kind of unbelievable. I was like, "Woo! Can't believe that just happened. That was crazy." And, uh, man, I tell you what, I, man, you've you've inspired a lot of people, man. You've inspired. I know myself, and trust me, man. I I go camping once a year. It's our father daughter camping trip with a couple of you know my buddies and their 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 daughters. And now yeah. after watching this show and watching you and your attitude and all the things that I've learned, you got me thinking that my, my kid, I think I can last in the wild for five days. Yeah. My, kids, yeah. my, kids, my kids say two, but you got, you got me believing, <laughs> you got me believing I can stay, I, I can survive five days. But um, I want to ask you, do you have any uh, retreats and things like that? so right now i've been booking next summer or this summer i guess uh courses in montana and idaho uh you know riding horseback up into the mountains and spending six days in the mountains and kind of learning the learning the skills and being in the forest and yeah we did it last year and it was just awesome and and people of all walks of life all levels of experience you know are welcome to come out and came out and uh, hold on hold on hold on so you're talking about like the uh the soccer moms the soccer dads old old time football players maybe some, some football players <laughs> maybe some executives and whatnot it would be absolutely i think it would be an excellent uh i actually have a booking option for like corporate folks because i think it would be really good like team building and just you know, you get out there and you get in the woods and you strip away all the other stuff and you're just with uh, other people trying to solve problems and spending quality time together, which is something we all lack, you know, uh, without distraction. You know, it's it's amazing how how beneficial and positive it can be, even to people that would come out on our last course of all, you know, the different political opinions and different mm-hmm. everything all of a sudden at the end of even just a week. You know, you're seeing eye to eye, you're like friends with the other person. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. really neat. I think uh, I, it's been. It, it was. I was really pleasantly surprised with how positive it was for everyone that went, and uh, we're doing that's, them again. And so, yeah. that sounds like a lot. That man. That's a blast. <laughs> Hold on, say that again. Say that you're again. Welcome. You should come on out. It would be a blast. <laughs> oh man, you know what? My kids would be so they'll be I would be on another level. Yeah. You know, they already think I'm a superstar because I'm talking with you. I got you on my podcast. What's that? Yeah, five days you can go out for six. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> uh Jordan, man, how can my how can my listeners get a hold of you? Do you have a website? You have social media? I have a website that's just jordanjonas.com and there's more info on those courses there if anyone's okay. interested. And then, but I'll, most people keep in touch through Instagram, which is uh, Hobo Jordo. Hobo Jordo. Well, I'm going to have all your information on the show notes. So if people want to get in, in touch with you, if they want to try to find out how to book you for, uh, you know, retreats and whatnot, they can always go there. Anywhere, any number of days. Those are just the ones that we've been booking specifically are those six day mountain trips right now, but. And customize any course anybody's needs, you know. Anyway, yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool, man. Well, hey, is there any um, 
Actually, I want to ask you, man, is there like two to three different tips that you can give my listeners? And it's not just about like camping and, and doing all that. I'm just talking about like, man, having such a positive outlook in spite of some of the things, some of the difficulties that can happen to right. people, you know, you know, in their environments. Right. Because uh, we covered a lot. Yeah, yeah, and we did cover a lot. And to summarize even some of what we covered, I think, yeah, perspective is incredibly important. And I think everybody should should gain perspective. And you can do that through reading is a great way to do that. Reading history, you know, read it. For me, when I was young, I read the Gulag Archipelago and it put like so much perspective on the suffering I've been through. Same with... Uh, yeah, my family, they're, they're Assyrians, which is, you know, very similar people group to Armenians, went through that whole Armenian genocide, grandparents lost, we're both orphans, they both watched their whole families get killed, so it was, uh, and then they grew up not to be spiteful, angry people, they grew up to be happy people that raised, you know, a wonderful family that was my dad and my aunts and uncles, and, and you're just like, wow, that's, that's overcoming true difficulty and bringing not more hate into the world but overcoming it with with love and uh, and and that's always been so that perspective is invaluable and i think it'll really help you get through your own trials and i think also just being proactive when you face trials so like now a lot of people are cooped up and really locked down and and i think you need it's a good time to really and I, you might have heard it before but get out there and tackle something that puts you a little bit out of your comfort zone but you know tackle a project that maybe you wouldn't otherwise get into or uh yeah i mean you got to push yourself a little bit out of your comfort so, zone to get to reap the rewards you know <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, think, uh, I think that's good and it'll help people feel better about themselves and the situation you're in making the best of it um so yeah, if you have any, I recommend that. And then, uh, yeah, focus on the thing, you know, focus on your relationships. We talked about that too, you know, like that's one thing when you're out in the, in the forest alone for a long time, the thing that pops in your head is all the people, you know, like you just think about people you forgot about, but most, you know, of course you think about your family the most and you realize that that's your main priority. Something I took away from there was to like, Hey, I'm going to take my time to take each of my kids out on a date, you know, cause really prioritize and just little things like that help you get perspective or, you know, help you prioritize what you need to prioritize. Uh, so even being alone in quarantine or whatever, focus on your relationships, focus on bettering, yourself and your pro you know a tackle in your projects that are outside of your normal comfort zone get some <laughs> and you know do some good reading i think it's a <laughs> i love it i love it man hey jordan man thank you so much for being a guest on the shark effect man this has been very enlightening for myself uh it's you know i, I know this message is going to help out a lot of people so thank yeah, you yeah honor man next time i'll have to come back on for for uh, parenting advice from you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. No, I definitely, man, I want to definitely want to have you back on again, man. This is, this has really been, this really been cool, man. No, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I appreciate the invite and it's, it's an honor, man. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shark Effect Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for High Achievement. You can get it on Amazon in the uh, paper paperback version, or you can get it on Kindle. And who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking to transition, whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever, if you're looking to transition into something different, this book can help you. I break it down, I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you gotta understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter. Developing your own procedures, creating relationship roadmaps, using adversity to your advantage, right? Because we all go through tough times, but how do you flip it? How do you use it to power you, okay? And then developing your own standards. So these are things that can help anybody, not just, not just athletes. Now, there's some stories in there, you know, that covers topics that, that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.